Welcome to the NHL Wraparound Podcast, featuring Neil Smith, President, General Manager of the 1994 Stanley Cup champion New York Rangers, and longtime ESPN NHL veteran Vic Morin. Together, they share no-nonsense opinions on news and issues around the National Hockey League. Whether you're a casual or diehard fan, each episode of NHL Wraparound will leave you more informed. Now, here's your hosts, Neil and Vic. Hey, hockey fans, Vic Morin with a special edition of NHL Wraparound. Today's guest, the guy known as Big Walt, 500 goal scorer, Keith Kitchuk. It's my pleasure to welcome to NHL Wraparound, a great, great hockey player, but maybe even a better father, uh, Keith Kachuk. Keith, welcome to NHL Wraparound. Thanks so much for coming on uh, our show. Yeah, anytime, man. Good to be talking with you. Um, I wanted to start off with some thing. Eddie O is a friend of mine and played for our Stanley Cup team, and I know he's a friend of yours. And and I see where he claims that he gave you the nickname Walt. Now I, I just want to make—is he just blowing smoke, or did he really do that? He—he's he, the guy. I, I will say he's the guy that gave it to me. Absolutely, it's all uh, Eddie O. And uh, uh, you know, I was 19 years old, I think, at the time. He said your nickname's Walt, and that's it. And I said okay. I said okay, and it went, and then it just kept on rolling. I want to move on to the Panthers, uh, Keith, if you don't mind. I know you see a lot of the Panther games. I saw you there last year after your son's team, the Florida Panthers, had eliminated Carolina Hurricanes uh, to the shock of uh, many of us experts uh, that uh, didn't see them getting by Boston, didn't see them getting by Toronto, didn't see them getting by Carolina. And uh, and there you have it. And this was a team last season that struggled in the regular season after having a president's trophy season the year before, and then woke up in the playoffs and had a great run. And it's been my experience that when teams do that in the NHL, a lot of times the the year after they go to the final, they have a drop-off. You know, they, they, they think they're better than they are or something like that. But this club, the Florida Panthers, is actually better this year than they were last year. And I, I know you see a lot of their games and I, I just wondered if you have, I know you have thoughts on why and, and how is this happening down there? Cause they're right now they're on the top of the Eastern conference. Yeah. I mean, great point The last year. I mean, uh, they went through a lot of injuries, obviously making a big trade and bringing Matthew in and then having some different injuries and playing in a, a really t- a difficult uh, division. It was tough. I mean, they had to go on a serious run. Uh, from the all-star break on, um, and especially doing it with the third-string goalie, uh, the Lion King there, who had a tremendous push there at the end and, and just found a way to get in and got a little bit of a help and then went on that run and beat some, you know, coming back three games to one, beating Boston and and totally, you know, con- you know, beating up on Toronto. And then, obviously, the Carolina Carolina was a little bit closer than you, th- you think, even though it was a sweep. I mean, they were all close games. and. You know, they lose into a, to a tough Vegas team who was a better team. But then coming into this year, they had two guys that were missing significant time at the beginning of the year with injuries with Ekblad and Montour. So that's your two of your top three defensemen on the lineup. And you got to give Bill Zito credit. You know, he went out and added uh, on to this team and, and, and probably made it a little bit better on the back end, bringing in Ekman Larson. Kulikov and uh, and Mikola uh, Mikola sorry 
um, who used to play with us in St. Louis. So um, I think the identity is kind of, you know, is the reason why they're winning. I mean, they're playing a heavy, fast style, and they're pounding teams. And that was, that's what they did to Toronto last year, and they carried it over to this year. And, and it's not just one or two guys. They're all doing it. And they got that pack mentality. And, you know, even in scrums, you look at them. Somebody's in a scrum. All five guys are in there. And that's what yeah. makes a great team and, you know, supporting each other. But you got to give Bill Zito credit. And obviously getting Stolars in there. And Barbosky has been outstanding this year. I wanted to pick up on that because this is certainly a team, meaning the Panthers, that's probably even cut right out of your own image that, you know, we were we were talking um, a couple of weeks ago just about the series against Boston and that they were probably the one team Boston didn't want to face because they're not afraid to get in the opposition's face the same way you were, were when you were a player. So I'm certain that you you have to really appreciate the kind of grimy, tough, get-in-your-face game that the Panthers have now. And it's certainly a club that nobody's going to want to see in the playoffs for that very reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I think it's old school. And it's it's important to have that mentality, especially in the playoffs, where, you know, against a team like, like for example, against a team like Toronto, who's probably more skilled, when you guys have, when you guys, when you have a team like who has Barkov, buying into the physical part of the game, who's an elite player. And, I, you know, I never really watched Ford until Matthew got there and seeing how he plays. is it's He's a true one center. Uh, but you got Bennett, you know, you got Lusteran, and these guys are heavy players. For Hay, he's a heavy player. Like he just – they got so many guys that play that style. And I think, you know, when you have that, other teams, you know, especially in the playoffs, the rink gets smaller. I mean, that's just the way it goes, the time and space you know, get smaller. So you better have to be able to fight through these things. And they were willing to do that. And I think Bill Zito added on to that equation this year by adding some of the Mikolas and some of the Gadjevics, you know, along with Ryan Lonberg. And, and they're just gotten bigger. And you got guys like Sam Reinhardt, who's got 39 goals this year. He's he's already dropped the gloves. But, and I'm not saying it's all about fighting, but he's not afraid to back down. So I think it's important that, you know, a lot of teams are starting to, build their teams that way. And I think Bill Zito's getting a lot of credit from other GMs around the league of the team that he built. And, you know, it's still third first place, you know, and, and they're there for a reason. And then they're playing, they got 11 or something game win wins on the road, you know, consecutive wins in a row. That's, that's hard to do, especially this day and the age. I wanted to ask about Matthew, because certainly that was one of the major trades, you know, well over a year ago. And, we know how it has worked out for him in Florida, but can you share his initial reaction when he first got traded from a team that he was pretty well ingrained with in Calgary? Well, yeah, I mean, he dictated that whole trade. He was very upfront with Calgary, who we had spent you know a lot of great seasons with with Brad Trelevin, who's a GM, and and he just went to them and said, you know, you know, we're not going to resign here long term. He had one more year left, and they obviously wanted to resign him, but he was upfront and said, I just don't want to do it. And, and so he kind of dictated where he wanted to go. And he felt in his age group and the age group of the Florida Panthers, what they could add, you know, going moving forward, that, that they were all going to be at that same age group to win together. And I think he felt like that was his best opportunity, you know, to play with guys like Barkov, Reinhardt, Verhage, Bennett, you know, guys like Ekblad, who were all in that Luster and we're all in that same age group. And I think that was the reason why. And then it doesn't help. 
living in Florida too. And and I don't know if you guys know Vinny Viola too as uh, as an owner. I'm telling you right now, I met him a, a couple of times. Um, incredible person. Will do whatever it takes to win a nail nose. You know, being the manager of the New York Rangers, I mean, there is no shortage of of supply. You get what you want, and if you're winning, they'll do whatever it takes to win. And that's what makes these organizations so special compared to a lot of organizations. Matthew's going to be going to the playoffs for the sixth time in his eight seasons. And I want to shift the conversation a little bit to your other son, Brady, who for the sixth straight year will not be going to the playoffs. And you were a captain at age 21 and you made the transition from Winnipeg to Phoenix and He's 22, and this season he has undergone a lot of turmoil in the Ottawa organization, new ownership, new GM, new new coach. Uh, A teammate gets suspended for half of the season, and he's such a hard-on-the-sleeve guy. He's so passionate, and is there anything that you share with him in terms of just having to deal with turmoil and adversity? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's difficult being a young captain in the National Hockey League. It's even more difficult to do it in Canada where everything is magnified. It's every day. At least in some places in the U.S., you can hide a little bit. But, yeah, he does wear his heart on his sleeve. Um, you know, we talk every day. Um, I feel for the kid because he wants to do so well. And, you know, they they it's just been one thing after the other, like you said, ever since for a couple of years now. But they do have some pieces. It's just a matter of putting it together. And I just told them, you know, hey, there's all you can focus on is what you control on the ice. You know, you got other guys you can lean on to help you out to do the stuff off the ice. But your job is to focus on the ice, do the best thing you can do as in leading. But it's tough. It's tough. It's frustrating. I could see him getting really frustrated. He sees his brother and sees the playoffs and wants to be a part of it. Um, and he's still a young kid, so and a lot of their core players are all young guys. So eventually, it's going to happen. But you have to go fight through this. This is a learning lesson. But at some point, now with new ownership and a new manager, you're going to make some changes. You have to, and it has to be changes made to the, some of the core guys too, as well. And then bring in some leaders to to help you, you know, guide you to the next level. But that's a tough division. You got, you know, the Panthers who are doing well, the Boston Bruins. You have. Tampa Bay, um, Detroit's wow. making a run. So Toronto is always going to be that team. So, you know, it's a tough division, but, you, you know, it's the NHL. Everybody, you have to find a way to get in there. And there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, they got to keep plugging away. They'll find a way in the next year or so. You know, Keith, when I saw you last year in the coffee shop for that short time, I remember that what I said to you was because it was such a, uh, you know, we were coming right out of that four-game sweep, and your your son Matthew had been such a huge part of the playoffs and and the Florida success. I mean, every time you looked around, it seemed like he was in the middle of it, getting the goals, getting in the scrums. And I said to you, I, I'm I feel sorry for your other boy Brady. And you you looked at me and you go, oh, "Don't worry about; it. they'll be okay," uh, because they we knew they had the young players, right? And I remember. Uh, thinking about that after you said it and thought, you know, he's right. They do have such a good young core They They are going to, and I, and I thought I would see drastic improvement this year with Ottawa, but I, I guess the controversy, the, everything that's gone on there has uh, sort of snarled their, 
team development, I, I, I would think, because yeah. they've got a lot of good young guys. Yeah, they, I mean, you guys said it earlier. I mean, they had lost a player to a suspension for 41 games who Shea Pinto is an incredible young man. They lost a first rounder, which had nothing to do with these guys or the current ownership or the current GM. And, and it was just, you know, it's just a lot of controversy with the old owner. So there was just a lot happening. And then, you know, it's just, it's really difficult for these guys. I felt like they were dealt a tough hand and, you know, they need to mature a little bit, but they're still a young group. They still have a kid named Tim Stutzel, who's uh, um, an incredible hockey player, you know, and he's still young. What is he, 21? And then you got Jake Sanderson, for a lot of people don't know him. You know, if, if I'm picking the U.S. Olympic team on defense, he's got to be in the mix of making it. Um, you know, and you got some guys who are in that 23, 24. Brady's actually 24, you know. Shabbat's 26, you know, so you and Jake Chickren, so you have the pieces. Now you need to, you know what it's like as a manager, you got to make difficult changes at some point to bring in hockey trades. And I think eventually that's what's going to happen. And there might be a guy that's, uh, you know, Josh Norris is one of those guys that's a young piece. One of those guys is going to, you know, going to be the sacrificial lamb at some point. And it could be Brady. No, but you have to make trades in, in order to improve your team. And when you have that many assets, you can't just keep bringing in assets. You have to turn these assets into, you know, players that can help you win and help you get in the playoffs. I want to, I just want to follow that up with a personal question. And, and, uh, uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking about this, that you and your wife are, I I assume your wife is American like you are. No, she's, she's from Winnipeg. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well then that's that. She's she's American now. No, no, Neil, she's American now though. (laughs) I was going to say that sort of changes the question because really what my question was on a personal note for a parent, um, you know, both your boys were drafted by Canadian teams and I was, what my question was simply, how was that for you being an American and, uh, you know, and being one of the best ever Americans in my mind, at least in the nineties for sure. Um, how was that for you to see both of them go you know to what? Canadian teams? It was. I, I was fine with that. Even when I played in Winnipeg, I, I didn't know anything about the American Canadian or whatever. I just wanted to play in the National Hockey League. I couldn't wait to put on a National Hockey League team jersey and go play against guys that I grew up watching. So nowadays it's a little different. You see guys don't want to play here or play there. Uh, I do love Calgary. He really did. They had success up there. They didn't win the Stanley Cup, but he had success. They had success, but you know, whatever reason why he wanted to leave, you know, he spent like six years up there. So um, Brady is, loves the people around the team. He loves the trainers. He loves his group. Um, you know, it's Canada. Oh, well, but it's a great, you know, a hockey environment. Um, this comes with a lot of pressure with playing in Canada, not just for Americans, but for all players. And sometimes there's so much on these kids. It's unfair at times, but, you know, Brady had Brady has no problem playing up there. He loves it. He loves, you know, the guys and the trainers and the environment. And, you know, he wants to take it to the next level up there. Keith, I, I wanted to ask you because you had some really successful years in Winnipeg, and then you make the transition to Arizona. And we're going on three decades of this franchise kind of being in suspended animation, will they survive there? Won't they survive there? Will they or won't they get a rink? 
Is this market truly viable now that we're going on 30 years of trying to make this work? Well, I think it's definitely viable. Uh, I got a soft spot for them because, you know, we had some good teams back there and we were downtown and we had buildings that were full. So will it work? Yeah. Now, I don't know the current ownership there. I don't know their relationship with the the city, the state. So I don't know. Could it work? Yeah, I think it could work. But at some point, you got to say enough's enough. And when you have the the union leader, you know, coming out and and saying, let's get it going here. You know, there's something obviously wrong there and somebody needs to figure it out. And there has to be an answer. And I agree with that. It has to be an answer. Now, if it leaves, I feel bad for the people that invested a lot of time and, and, and you know, money there with the fans. Um, but, you know, will it work? I think it will work. If it's in the right place under the right ownership, yeah, I think it would. I think somebody's got to get off their butts and figure it out and stop you know, dancing around things and, and building relationships to find a way to make it work downtown. For me, that's, it will work downtown, but now I don't know if the current people there can make it happen, but we'll know sooner than later. And I think Gary Bettman must have a plan in because when he comes out and says something, you know, something's going on. So um, I'm hoping, you know, it stays and they figure out a way to build a new arena and, and get that franchise back to where they're, you know, winning games and having fun downtown and getting a lot of fans in there. I, I did some research, Keith, on uh, the final uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets 1.0, you know, the guys that were on the original Jets team and who, of course, we all know that Shane Doan was the last uh, original Jet to play in the league. And I think you were in the third last one. I think, am I right in saying Habby Boulin uh, played longer than you? And then I think you were the next one after that. I don't know who was left. I know Donor was definitely the guy. I don't know who played. I retired in 2010, I believe, if I can remember correctly. So I don't know. I think Happy Boone was already gone by then. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But Tempo no, knew when it was there. Okay, yeah, then. Yeah. yeah, then he was last. Yeah, then he was second to last. Then I don't know who else was there. I mean, Tevodowski was a little younger than me, but I think he, I don't know, he must have over to Russia or something. Now we had some good players, some good guys, and you know, uh, back in the, you know, late nineties. So, um, I'm hoping things get settled in one way or the other, but Shane Dillon was an incredible guy. Awesome guy. You know, he's you know, what you think of when you think coyotes, you know, every time I see Ty Domi and I'm still very friendly with him, he's always trying to rub it into me. I, I asked you never to trade me to Winnipeg. And of course you call me and say, I'm traded to Winnipeg. I'll and tell you right now, really the way was, it went. Neil. I was the happiest guy alive because we got Chris King. You know, we lost Eddie Olchuk, who's a dear friend of mine. But I was on an island by myself. We didn't have any toughness. So when we got those two guys in, I, you know, I was sad about Eddie. But now I didn't have to fight as much with getting Ty Domi and Chris King in there because those were two tough customers. And we had yeah, Solani. And, 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 and so you yeah, really protect them. Yeah, I think no. those two guys too. Uh, Ty sort of wear used to wear out his welcome, uh, you know, in certain places. Uh, and Kinger was a good teammate. Uh, Kinger was uh, uh, he was like that in Peterborough. And the funny part about Ty and Kinger, they played together in Peterborough, and I, they didn't really I get I... along. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, they're two tough customers. Ty, you know, Kinger was like he was a silent, quiet heavyweight. And Ty Domi is one of the toughest guys in the league because you couldn't hurt him. I mean, no. he wasn't very big, but he was strong as an ox. And he actually was a pretty good player, too. I don't want to say that to him to get his head any bigger than it is. 
but he was actually but, a pretty good player. No, he was a good skater. He could, the thing that I liked yeah. about Ty is he could pursue. He could, yeah. like a lot of tough guys couldn't pursue. Yeah. And he could pursue you, and and you didn't want him, hit, you know, running at well, you. But well, thanks to you, you saved me a lot of because uh, they, had, you know, Vancouver had with Ojek and Calgary had Hunter and all these guys. So thank God you got we got we got Kinger and uh, Ty up there. Um, before I let you go, I got to ask you a question. Vic and I were kicking around earlier. Yeah. So uh, the real Walt Kachuk. Uh, Retired in 1981 after uh, an eye injury that he got in 14 seasons with the uh, New York Rangers. When he retired, you were nine years old. You're born in <laughs> 72. And did did you ever see the real Walt Kachuk play? No, I, I haven't. There was uh, I was a Boston Bruin fan growing up. It wasn't like we have TVs nowadays and the satellites and the direct TV and all that. We didn't have that. So, you know, um, no idea, but everybody assumes that that was my dad, which I think is crazy, you know, because <laughs> it's not a common name, Kachuk. My dad's a, you know, a retired Boston captain fireman and a Marine, you know, so it's just weird after. And we're not even, the, the name's not even spelled the same. No. You know, no. his is D-U-K, mine's, you know, C-H-U-K. Walter uh, played for the Kitchener Rangers. Um, and that's, of course, how we ended up with New York, because back in the, the days of uh, sponsorship, when New York was sponsoring the Kitchener Rangers. but. A uh, great, a uh, real good player. I, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, so I got to see him play. Uh, wow. Uh, well, we have so something common. We also have Larry, we also have Larry Plo in common. Larry was my GM yeah. in St. Louis, and uh, one of the nicest guys I've ever come across. One of the nicest GMs I've ever played for. So Larry Plo's a, another guy we have in common together. And 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 Wendy was a wonderful, wonderful yeah. lady. And Wendy Plo. Yeah. We went to the celebration of life. Uh, she was an unbelievable person. She had to be married to Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, Vic and I re really appreciate you coming on here and spending some time and uh, hope to do it again. I mean, you, you've been great. You've been really great. And, yep, I uh, appreciate it. We'll get the boys on here one day. Brady can answer the questions for himself about Ottawa. Well, if you could talk them into coming on, I mean, that's, yeah. we would love to have one, either one of them uh, or both of them or whatever. Uh, I, I, I watched that. All ad three, all the Neil, time. all three. All three of you <laughs> yeah. together. That's true. I mean, I, I, I watched that ad on TV where your wife and the, and the two boys are doing the car ad. I love that. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. They, you know what the funny part is, Neil? I did a commercial with them. They still haven't adhered it because I think everybody likes the one with my wife and then the two boys and i think they wanted to extend that so i'm like hey go for it please get them keep them going well i hope you got a hyundai out of it hey well no but we did get a well who, what parent hasn't gone through that with their kids in the back seat especially if you have two boys it was yeah. constant battles and you know i've been in the front seat i handle a lot different than my wife handled it in the in the, in the commercial i can tell you that much but <laughs> it was funny every every family goes through that yeah that's for sure well, thanks again, Keith, and yep. and uh, uh, I'd, we'd love to have you and your and your boys and your wife and any, any of the Kachuks yeah. are welcome on here anytime. Well, I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me, guys. And well, Neil, Keith, and his wife will get a chance to watch both boys in action on Tuesday evening when the Senators visit the Panthers. Yeah, that'll be quite a battle, and those two battle each other. You know, I, Keith. Uh, <laughs> He was a tough guy, and his two little guys there—they were little. I say that because when he played, they were really little. Boy, they're they're battlers. They're they're instigators, and 
They're two of the better players in the whole league. Friends before and after, but not during. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the NHL Wraparound Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date on all the NHL action.